0: Welcome to the Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: Guys, we're we're plugging right along with our series concerning the Holy Spirit, the forgotten one, understanding the Holy Spirit. And we're looking, specifically, we're looking at the promise of the Helper that Jesus gave to his disciples. They were in the upper room, the night in which he was betrayed. He's telling them, I'm going away. And he told them, but there's going to be someone else who's going to come, the Helper, the Comforter. Some of your Bibles will say the Comforter, but it's the Holy Spirit. And specifically in John There are three promises. Last time we talked about it was the promise of the relationship that the Holy Spirit brings to us. Today we're going to talk about the promise of understanding. We're going to see this in verses 22 through 26 where he talks again about the Holy Spirit and about the role that the Holy Spirit takes in our life where he gives you an eye understanding. So let's look. First of all, we're going to look today at this second promise here. Now, before we talk about the second promise, I want to add two more things to you concerning the way that we think about the Holy Spirit. Remember I told you that the first week when we talked about it, I said there were two extremes. That usually folks fall into one extreme or the other concerning the Holy Spirit. And the two extremes are, is that you either are experience oriented, you view the Holy Spirit as an experience, you look for the manifestation, or you go to the other extreme where you downplay him. You develop whole theologies to tell you that there's no way the Holy Spirit works today in our lives. That's two extremes. Then I told you, the last time we talked about it, that there are two hindrances. Two hindrances that you and I can fall into concerning understanding the Holy Spirit. And those hindrances are, number one, pride. Because if you fall into one of those, either one of those extremes, pride will very easily enter into your life. How? Well, if you're in the experience-oriented crowd, you can be very prideful about that. And I'll be honest with you, my exposure to folks who have had experiences with the Holy Spirit, most of them have, I'll be honest with you, are marked by spiritual pride. Why? Because they've experienced something that many others have not experienced. So they feel that they, whether they realize it or not, they come across with a with a feeling of spiritual pride. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is you're in the other extreme where you downplay him. You can be prideful about your knowledge and about your, quote, understanding of the scripture. And you can feel that you got your act together and you already know everything there is. So therefore, there's no way that he could work. Pride enters into it. That's the first hindrance. The other hindrance is this. Fear. Where you become fearful. Fearful. So for the person who downplays it, he can become fearful because he's not sure if he wants to even look at the whole issue of the Holy Spirit because he's afraid of something weird happening. Or if you are one who is experience oriented, you can be fearful about any study of it because you're afraid of somebody downplaying it or causing you to, showing you something that might downplay what you've experienced. And in, in reality, you might think that your experience is more important than what the scripture says. So fear enters into it. Today I'm going to add two more things to it, and that's our approach, the way that we approach the Holy Spirit. Here's two things, two approaches that we take. Number one, and most of us fall into it, no matter what extreme you're from, we take him for granted. The reality is, is whether you're experience-oriented or you downplay him, the reality is you and I can get to the place where we just take for granted the fact that the Holy Spirit's with us. Most of us know the truth that when we come to Jesus Christ in salvation, at that moment the Holy Spirit enters into your life. Everybody know that, right? Okay. What happens is, is that we take it for granted that God is with us. Here's the other approach we take. We ignore Him. We ignore Him. We just don't take Him for granted But we get to the place where we ignore him. What do you mean we ignore him? Well, if the Holy Spirit's living within you, he is going to be interacting in your life and telling you and communicating to you about what? How you're living your life. And after a while, you can ignore him. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm a guy. I'm a husband. I drive the vehicle a lot. My wife drives with me. She has a side seat driver's license. How many of you have a wife who has a side seat driver's license, guys? Okay? And have you ever noticed that they are very sensitive to how you're driving? Watch out! Don't take that part of it! How many of you have that happen with you? Okay. You're, some of you, your wives aren't here, so you're being very honest. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? And And... and 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 what can happen? You can get to the place where, especially if you've been married a long time, you can learn to what? Ignore it. In fact, you just smile. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or, I love you too. This is the thing. We do the same thing. Now, the Holy Spirit isn't like your wife with your driving or your husband with your driving. Because some of you are saying, my husband has a sorry street driver's license. The Holy Spirit isn't like the guy with a side seat driver's license. But we can get to the place where we tune him out when he tries to communicate to us something about the way that we're living that maybe is displeasing to him. In fact, I'll be honest with you, the scripture has other words to basically describe what we're talking about. It's called quenching the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Where we quench him. Or we grieve him. But the whole concept there is, is that we ignore him. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Why am I bringing up these two approaches? Well, because we're going to see today that with this promise, the promise of understanding, it is so important for you and I as believers that, number one, we don't take him for granted because we need him, and number two, that we don't ignore him especially in light of the promise of understanding, especially in light of his role in what he does for you and I, we can't afford to ignore him. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can't afford to ignore him. Because if we ignore him, we're inviting problems. Like, what do you mean, George? Well, how many of you have ever had a parent that, you know, when when you're a teenager, I know, I was a teenager, and when you're a teenager, you think you're Albert Einstein. You know what I mean? You know everything when you're a teenager. And and here's what happened. I remember, I, I remember times when I thought I knew everything and my daddy, who I thought never knew anything, would say to me, Boy, I don't know if I'd be doing that because you're going to have problems if you do that. And he might tell me what the problems are, but I know better. So I would choose to ignore my dad. And what would happen is, is that I would go and do what I had already decided was the better way to do it. And guess what would happen? I would prove my daddy right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I would create for myself lots of problems. It's the same thing, folks. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us, and he communicates us, and he gives us understanding in an area. He speaks to us. And if we choose to ignore him, we are inviting what? Problems consequences that we don't need, that we don't need. So let's notice together, we're going to look at this together, we're going to look at verse 22 through 25, Let me. we're going to set it up here as a question, one of the disciples named Judas, it's not Judas Iscariot, asked Jesus a question, and then notice how he responds. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Okay, stop. Right before this, Jesus is talking to them about, hey, I'm going to leave, and you're going to be able to know me, but the world's not going to be able to know me. So if you're a disciple and you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, he's going to leave, but we're going to know him, but the world's not going to know him, it's a natural question coming out of Judas to say, okay, well, wait a minute now, how's that possible? How are we going to be able to see you and know you, but the world's not going to know you? How's that possible? So here, notice how Jesus responds. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, some of your translations, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Here's what we're going to see, folks. We're going to basically divide this up into two, two portions. We're going to see, first of all, the relationship. Because the question is, is, how are we going to have this relationship with you and nobody else is going to be able to see it? We're going to see the relationship. And then we're going to see again the helper, the promise of the helper. So let's talk about it first of all. Notice with me what he says. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. First thing I want you to notice about the relationship is this. Love is expressed in obedience. Love is expressed in obedience. This is the one that we have a hard time with, especially as Americans. As Americans, we are basically ingrained by our society and our culture and our cultural values that basically it's whatever you want to do. You have freedom, baby. Use it. And you could do whatever you want to do. If you just want to disagree with somebody, that's okay. It goes all the way back into the very nature and the fiber of our nation. What do you mean? I mean, we started as a nation out of what? Rebellion. Because we didn't like some dude sitting over on a throne in England, what? Telling us what to do. And that's, that's the very core of who we are as Americans. So the whole concept of, quote, being obedient and following what someone says to the letter, that just goes against the grain of who we are, doesn't it? I mean, how many of you are completely obedient to everybody in your life? How many of you are that? I mean, isn't that why we got in trouble as kids? Because we thought we knew better, right? Isn't that why you get in trouble with your boss? Because he's telling you to do it this way, and you're thinking, well, I know better. Isn't that why you get in trouble with your spouse? It's our nature, isn't it? So when you come along here, and you look and see exactly what Jesus is saying, he's saying, look, you know what, if you love me, do what I say. Now let's stop for a moment, because I was thinking about this. Right before the first promise, he said the same thing. Let's go back a few verses here in John 14. Verse 15, look at what it says there. Right before he gives the promise of the other, the first promise, the promise of the relationship. Look at what he says. If you love me, what? Keep, what's it say, folks? My commandments. Look again now. Look at verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will what? Keep my word. Let's stop for a moment. Do you think that's important? Do you think that he mentions it twice is important? So, like, I mean, you think, like, you know, garbage day at our house is on Thursday. So if I say to my boys, okay, let's get the garbage out, and I mention it three different times, do you think that's important to dad, that the garbage you could put out? Is it an option not to put the garbage out? No, 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 because dad's mentioned it how many times now? Three times. So that's it's very important, is it not? If, if something is being reiterated more than once, it's not trivial. It's not something that we can take as, ah, oh, well, I don't necessarily need to do this. No, he's, he's speaking to us. He's saying to us out of this relationship, love, if you say you love me, it's going to be expressed with what? Obedience to what I said. And I'm going to be honest with you, when I read that this week as I'm studying, it's like somebody grabbed a two-by-four and just went, quack, right across my forehead. Why? Because I'm exposed to the reality that I don't do everything he tells me to do. but yet I'll say I love him. Isn't that true for all of us? Love is expressed in obedience. Let's go on here. Let's going to talk about something else with the relationship. Look what he says there. Let's continue on there. Verse 23. And we will come to him and make our home with him. What's going on here? God initiates the relationship. See, that's the most wonderful thing in the whole passage there. Before I understand this whole concept of this promise of understanding that the Helper gives, the Holy Spirit gives me, i got to grasp the reality. It's I'm not having a relationship with Jesus because I'm the one who went to him. I have a relationship with Jesus and I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because He's the one who came to me. Did you understand what I'm saying? He came to you. You didn't go to Him and say, oh yeah, you can have a relationship with me, Jesus. I got time for you. No, no. He said, no, I got time for you. He initiates the relationship. God initiates the relationship. Here's the other thing we need to see. And this is the reality. Because going back to that whole emphasis, that love being expressed in obedience. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my word. Look at what he says here. He's going to help you to understand the importance of that word. Look at what he says there. He who does not love me does not keep my words. Okay, so my disobedience really expresses... Whether or not I really love him. That's the reality. But notice what he says there. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Here's what he wants us to see. We must recognize the authority of God's word. What's he trying to say here? Guys, these are not just trivial words I'm sharing with you. What I'm sharing with you, he says, is from God the Father. These are not my words that I'm asking you to keep. These are words from God the Father. What does that express? Authority. i got kids. Some of you have kids. How many of you have ever sent kids to go get another kid? You know what I'm saying? I've, I've had to learn this now. Like if I say, hey, go get your brother. And if they go and say, hey, you got to come here, the brother could choose to decide, especially if he's older, whether or not he's going to listen to that, right? Get out of here. i got something going on. So now I've learned as dad... Go get your brother and tell him, Dad wants him. That changes things, doesn't it? Because it's no longer a request from the brother. It's now a relaying of a request by who? Dad. Who has more authority, the brother or dad? So you better listen to what who said. Dad said, right? This is what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying the same thing. Guys, I'm not telling you my words. I'm telling you God the Father's words. There's an authority there, right? So you and I, let's grasp it. Because here's the thing, because we, we trivialize it. We need to recognize the authority of what? God's words. Of his word. We need to recognize the authority of the Scripture in our lives. Period. Period. Period here. So then he goes on then, verse 25 and 26, because you might be sitting there and you're saying, okay, I grasp that, George. Yeah, I need to do what he's telling me to do. But you know what? i got a hard time reading because I don't understand. I read it and I don't understand. Or I read it and I understand and I don't know how to do it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. All of us, right? So then he noticed now, he tells us, right after this, about the keeping of his words, he gives us the promise of the Helper. Look at what he says there, verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Jesus says, okay, I'm telling you these things while I'm with you. But notice what he says, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. Here's what's going on here. Number one, the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father. You've got to grasp the reality. We t- remember, we take him for granted. Remember I told you that the approach that we have is that we take Him for granted in our lives and that we ignore Him? Well, Jesus is going to make a point here right off the bat to tell us that this is not just somebody you can take for granted. This is not just somebody you can ignore. The Holy Spirit who lives within you, if you have trusted in Christ, is been sent to you by God the Father Himself. So that's pretty special, isn't it? You know what I mean? That's pretty special. I mean, think about it. I mean, let's, let's say, I mean, you're at the job place, and you're doing your job thing, and the president or the governor sends a special messenger to talk to you. Are you just going to keep on doing your job and say, hey, you know, I'll talk to you later? Or are you going to pause and say, what's the message? The, you know, the reality is most of us, because we recognize the importance of the person who's being sent, the one who sent him, we're going to what? Pay attention, right? This is the emphasis that Jesus is making here. The helper, the comforter, the one who comes alongside, that's all the same meaning of the word perikletos, meaning the Holy Spirit, the one who comes alongside of us has been sent to you especially by the Holy Spirit. That makes him special, bro. That makes him special. We've got to pay attention to him. But what's he going to do now? Notice the next thing he does there. The Spirit will teach you. The Spirit will teach you. He will give you understanding. Now, let me go ahead and say this right now, because I can say it. And here's the reality. People, especially in church, can get intimidated by, well, you got the training, you got the degrees. I will never understand like you understand. Hogwash. Because you have something who will help you to understand. You have something who will communicate to you the truths of the Scripture. The Holy Spirit. You have the author of the scripture himself living within you. You don't have to go and find somebody who's an egghead or somebody who's got the degrees or whatever to help you to understand the scripture. You just simply need to pray about it and say to him, Lord, I don't really understand this. Help me to understand it. And you think on it and you chew on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the meaning of it because he will teach you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll teach you. He'll give you understanding into the Word of God. Now, doesn't that make sense? I mean, let's think about the relationship. God the Father sends him. It's God the Father's words. So God the Father is sending him. It's the Holy Spirit. Together, they're God. The Holy Spirit is the one who inspired the writers to write it down. You're reading it now. Who do you think is going to give you a better understanding of it? God. Through the Holy Spirit... Teaching you. did you understand what I'm saying? Teaching you. See, this is the thing. You know what David said, Psalm 118? David said this, Open your word that I may see wonderful things therein. That's a prayer of his. That's a prayer that some of you need to pray when you open your Bible and you begin to read. You need to say, open your word that I may see wonderful things in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, you notice what he said. Don't take your Bible to your preacher and he'll show you the wonderful things. You notice that's not what David's prayer is. David's prayer is to God to show him the what? Wonderful things. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's to David. David said, God, you show me the wonderful things. That needs to be your prayer. Why? Because he'll teach you. He'll teach you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every one of you can become so proficient in the Scriptures because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the understanding. Do you realize that? It needs to be that way. He'll teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. But here's not that the Holy Spirit will do. This is, this is powerful, especially when you get older. The Holy Spirit will remind us. The Holy Spirit will remind us. He'll bring to mind. He will cause things to be remembered. He'll remind you. And so the Holy Spirit will not just teach you, he'll remind you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. have the Holy Spirit remind you of things? You know? they you need to think about it. So you say, okay, George, how, 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 do we, how do we apply this? How do we apply this promise of understanding to our lives? How do we do it? Well, here's the, here's the first question, because this is really the, the instrumental question if we're going to understand this promise. How serious are you about God's word? Because that's really what Jesus started off with, isn't it, before he gave this promise. If you love me, keep my word. If you love me, keep my commandments. So the question is, is how serious are you about God's word? Now, let me just stop for a moment. I am not asking you if you believe it's God's word, because everybody's there, I believe it's God's word. Well, you know what? I believe that speed limit is 25 in town. Do I follow it? Do you? Do you know what I'm saying? Only if Grandpa's in front of me, I will. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Better yet, have you noticed that at Walmart going up the hill, the speed limit's 15? I saw that sign the other day, and I said, I've been coming here 12 years. I've never seen that sign before. Fifteen? Can my car even do that? Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm not asking you if you believe. I'm asking you how serious are you about it. Because if you're serious about it, it's going to be more than just a belief. You're going to do something with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? How serious are you? How serious are you about God's word? That's the first question. And and the second question goes right along with it. Is that reflected in your life? Because if you're serious about it, it's going to be what? Reflected in how you live your life and how you deal with other people. Do you realize that? It's going to be reflected in how you live your life and how you deal with other people. Bottom line. Bottom line. So, well, what do we need to do then? Well, here's what you need to do, because this is what Jesus is talking about. If you love me, keep my commandments. And he said, remember, it's not my word, it's the words of the Father. So here's what you got to do. you got to recognize that. I'm going to send you a helper who's going to what? Teach you and remind you. So here's what we got to do. Here's our action point for the week. Remember, I told you before with the other action points, what, to speak to the Holy Spirit as a person, for God to reveal Him to you. Now I'm going to ask you to take it one step further, and here's what you need to do. Ask the Spirit to give you understanding. Get to the place where you're no longer ignoring Him, no longer taking Him for granted, and you're going and you say, you wake up in the morning and say, okay, Lord, the day's before me. Holy Spirit, fulfill your promise. Give me understanding for this day. Teach me the things that I need to be taught today, Lord. Remind me of the things that I already know that I've forgotten, Lord. Holy Spirit, interact in my life so that I can do what You're asking me to do because I love You and I want that love to be expressed in my life in obedience. Help me to be obedient, Lord. Help me to do what's right. Help me to do what You want me to do. But in order for me to do it, Jesus your spirit's got to give me understanding that's your action point this week but it gets back to this bottom line how serious are you about it how serious are you about it folks we got to get serious we're getting ready to enter into 2013 who knows What 2013 holds. My mom called me this week from South Carolina. You know, milk prices are going to go up to 8 bucks a gallon. I mean, you saw that in the news. And the people in Washington got to figure that out. Holy moly. We're in trouble. We don't know what the next year holds. And we're going to need what? Understanding. We're going to need somebody to guide us through it. Who is it, folks? The Holy Spirit. How serious are you?
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.